0: Hello, everyone. It's Steven Schleicher. Welcome to another episode of Critical Hit. Before we get into this week's game, I want to tell you that we've partnered with Metallic Dice Games, their purveyors of quality dice and dice accessories, to offer an exclusive discount to any one of more than 300 options on their site. All you need to do, follow the link in the description and use our discount code PODCAST10, that's PODCAST10, for 10% off any new additions to your dice hoard. And man, they've got some really cool ones. If you are a fan of the critical hit logo, the red die on the blue background, I would check out their red metal dice that they have because it's a spit image of our logo. And you can pick that up for a great price. And they get ten percent discount on top of that by using the code podcast ten at checkout. Portion of your purchase comes back to us. That's right. A little portion of that purchase comes back to us. That's how an affiliate link works, and that helps support this show. So what are you waiting for? Go check out Metallic Dice Games. Use the link in the show notes. Go check out those red metal dice or the other red die that they have available for you or anything. They've got some really cool liquid dice as well. Go check them out. Metallic Dice Games. Thank you everybody for your support. (laughs) Welcome to Critical Hit, a major spoilers podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and checking us out this week. Oh, Kevin, after last time, things I'm are critical looking. Hit. I'm yes, critical hit. Yes, I'm, I, I'm sorry, everybody, but there you go. <laughs> you got to say it and I'm say it all the time. That's right. Got to give Kevin a chance to, to join in on the fun. Um, some interesting reveals.
1: Yes, that's on, right.
0: On the last episode.
1: So, critical uh, hit. <laughs> so. Uh, Previously, uh, we saw both uh, the the other uh, members protecting you guys uh, while you were in uh, Quentin Side out or Quentinception. I'd also be okay with that name. Um, uh, and uh, the the menagerie um, was successful at, at uh, protecting you. but then you had some further revelations after interviewing. Uh, black hat the hacker devil uh that you uh subdued uh so yes there were some some interesting revelations and you guys uh chatted about them a bit um and you are in space um somewhere between absalom station and uh the asteroid belt um and uh you, you don't have to move at any particular pace because you have a little bit of time uh, f- between now and your next uh, obligation.
0: Well, I think we have some fish shaking and, and clouds to yell at kind of stuff to do, don't we?
1: Ah, uh, sure. Uh, well, uh, you you can certainly uh, do that if you wish. Um, but uh, in the meantime, a ship has actually approached. Uh, It is is moving a starship travel lane, and it hails you and is requesting temporary docking. Uh, It appears to be in good condition. It's a small one-person vessel from a known courier company, and their comms came over an open channel, usually reserved for such purposes.
2: I
0: don't trust anybody at this point.
2: (laughs) Agreed. Uh But... I don't know. I mean, it's a one person ship, I guess it's could still be pretty nasty. I don't know. Be prepared. We'll see what do they have
3: for us. Is there any chance that, you know, they'd send a carrier with a bomb?
2: I mean, there certainly is, but I'm pretty sure extreme wants to kill us on uh, broadcast. Yeah.
3: Yeah. (laughs) That's to make it an event. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. I guess I'll let them dock. All right. A, uh, a,
1: Courier knocks for entrance on the ship. I'll come open build. it. Alright. The courier is a haggard-looking Yosoki in uniform who quickly squeaks at you. Are you team Lizard Brain? Yep. Please confirm and sign here.
2: I, I will look at the contracts carefully to make sure I'm not signing away my soul again.
1: <laughs> it seems to be a uh like the receipt pad of um, uh, the courier company. Mm, all right, fine. Sign up. It doesn't like change or anything. No obvious infernal cool. signatures. Great. They're all hidden. Well, one of the rules with devils is they do technically usually have to spell it out somewhere. Um, at least that's the rumors you guys have heard from children's stories. <laughs> uh so uh, if you sign, uh, the Soki hands you, I guess, Vangie um, about the size of like a, a, one of those uh, yellow envelopes that can hold things of paper. I like and then little immediately, little... It immediately goes to depart.
2: All right. Uh, bye.
1: Uh, and yep, starts the, you know disengaging docking procedures, all that stuff. Uh, Yeah. All weapons.
2: I don't know. Um, Maybe you want to scan this to make sure if I open it, it's not going to, I don't know, make us hallucinate or poison us. or.
1: Sure. We can take it to the lab real quick. There's a a special um, scanner microscope thing that can analyze the contents of something like this, unless it's been particularly shielded. It doesn't appear to be. Um, It reveals... Some sort of organic material in there um, in a rectangular shape. It would appear likely some paper variant, like maybe something a little uh, firmer than paper. Um, and uh, there's nothing that shows up on any of your toxin or biohazard uh, scans. We don't see anything wrong with it. All right. Your calls, Captains. Well, I shall look at Pecubino. Yeah, open it.
2: Slide a little claw under and open it.
1: Uh, inside that plastic envelope is a, another far fancier envelope within it. Um, this one is decently large, about as wide as Vangie's hand is long. Um, and it's ivory white uh, with gold elegant script that says Team Lizard Brain. And then it's sealed at the bottom with a little gold sealed.
4: That's Vangie um, have they... extremely large hands?
0: Yeah,
2: does is there um, like a return address or like is the seal recognizable?
1: The seal is the seal of uh, Abadar, a city in the form of a key. Great, I'll flip the seal. In the same flowing gold writing on the inside of the envelope, it says, "You are cordially invited to Archon Soljet's private residence on Absalon Station." When attend code that provides uh, directions. (laughs) a highly encrypted verification key and a packed world timestamp. That means seven o'clock tonight. Uh, Bob, you should have time to make it there if you get a move on.
0: All right. I'll put it into, well, I got to wait for somebody to tell me, but I'm sure we can put it into overdrive and go. Well,
2: this is a whole thing. I mean, it'll give us the chance to uh, maybe pull off the abolitionist mission. And (laughs) yeah, but it also, I mean, the jig is up, and I guess he probably knows that the um hacker devil failed at this point.
3: Um, but does he know that? We know that he
5: knows. Did we manage to drop off the uh hacker devil and the people we had in the brig? Yes, we'll go ahead and say that you you have managed to do that.
1: Not sure if we had actually done that, but I'm fine moving moving. All right, let's go. Uh, yeah, Bob, you if you Put the ship into overdrive. You'll you'll be there with plenty of time. Um I'm game to skip forward. But if you guys want to have any conversations uh, before you arrive at Absalom, you certainly can. So let me know.
2: I mean, do you do want to talk strategy for this meeting?
0: Man, I just need to get close to a, a terminal terminal. Yeah.
5: All right. Well, you need and to and by close, in. I
0: think yeah. I'm going to have to be like right next to a terminal.
5: Yeah. Don't you need to put it specifically into his terminal?
0: Yes.
2: Well, It's probably not going to be easy, especially now that we know just how powerful his uh, attache is. But I guess Hecubino and I could try to keep him distracted. Or maybe, uh, does it have to be you, Bob? I mean, does it require a lot of technical know-how? Because Skritic is probably the best at being places
3: he's not supposed to be. Often on purpose.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, plugging this in and and uploading.
2: Well, then I say that's the goal here. Up for that, critic, It's going to be probably pretty dangerous for you.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much up for anything at this point. Uh, we're pretty much all walking around with targets on our backs now, so might as well go down swinging. That's fair. Alright, so the mood is a bit tense in, uh,
1: in the squeaky clean as you uh, make your way to Absalom Station, and you guys can pass the time however you Uh, deem fit whatever's either relaxing or reflective and uh in no time at all you arrive and dock at the station uh the directions from the invitation point you to a very good uh neighborhood within the station uh near golden vault productions in fact so assuming you head over there uh you can eventually get to the street and stations hustling and bustling. Uh, you were just here not long ago. So, you know, it, it hasn't been too long since you experienced it. Um, but this is a, a really, really fancy area of town. Um, people have like, you know, private, uh, floors of, of buildings in this particular area as their residences. Uh, and, when you get to the the address indicated you can't immediately tell this building apart from its companions on either side um the only thing like like each one has lobby lobbies with private elevators that kind of thing uh the one thing that sets this apart uh or the two i suppose i should say are the golden mastiffs stationed outside uh Assuming you enter, the doorman greet you and, and usher you inside. You yeah. guys are all, you're all together. Everybody is cool still?
0: hmm Yes. Yeah.
1: Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. The lobby's carpet is plush and soft, a uh, rich, like, earthy brown. Of golden eagles, griffins, and dragons soaring over the spires of a modern megacity. The walls are inscribed with architectural drawings, advanced mathematics, and a recurring theme of keys. In the center of the lobby is a large circular desk uh, with three androids in uniform uh, waiting patiently uh, for you to present yourselves. There are force fields, uh, turnstiles, that would prevent you from uh, proceeding any further into the building. Mm
2: -hmm. Step up, presenter, invitation. I'm still carrying my weapon, by the way. I don't know if they're going to make yep. me check it. Okay. Yep.
1: I assume you guys are You're in your normal battle-ready yeah. attire. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cool. Um, do you have, like, obvious bags or anything
0: with you? I mean, Bob carries a lot of baggage, but not <laughs> that kind of baggage. <laughs> yeah, it's most, mostly psychological.
3: Yeah, just critiquing. Yeah. So so we probably mean, not anything more than like maybe ammo pouches. Okay. Amu's typical gear is a giant shell. <laughs>
1: nope. Fair enough. Okay. I'm a when sphere. I... <laughs> once, uh, once you provide the invitation, they uh, they scan it, uh, and then they run a quick ID scan on you, and admit you through the force field turnstiles to access the private elevator. As you approach, the elevator automatically opens. Um, it's quite large, uh, easily fitting all of you and the evidently omnipresent pair of security guards that are within it. Y'all file in. Mm
0: hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Cool. Not like literally
4: omnipresent, right? Well, who knows?
1: <laughs> okay. Once you enter, uh, you realize there are no buttons and no screens or signs to show you what floor you're on. But the doors automatically close behind you and you momentarily feel the start of motion. Uh, It's a little odd, though, because you can't tell what direction you're moving. Just that you're in motion. Uh, After a moment, the doors open and you are in a hallway uh, matching the downstairs decor that leads to a large adamantine vault door uh, do nope. knock? you guys all approach and the vault door opens automatically admitting you into an all-white clean room that's completely empty i'm just going to pre- assume you proceed stop me if you want to do anything Well, no, that's um, fair uh once you're all inside uh the vault closes and lasers red lasers uh start going from floor to ceiling and they just scan you. It's not a <laughs> Resident Evil <situation>, so. <laughs> um, But they scan you. Uh, the air of the room is venting. The back wall opens, um, which you didn't even realize it could, uh, like an airlock. Again, you enter the next room. That door closes behind you. This room is very similar to the previous one. Uh, but it has a pair of long white tables, and there are six security personnel in the room. Uh-oh. Uh, they, yeah. Uh, they're all humanoid. They're all covered head to toe in gold uniforms, uh, including helmets with shiny gold. Physicals from, uh, of any individual, apart from like their body size. And one security person... Uh, from the staff, approaches each of you. Um, they calmly request your comms, data pads, bags, and weapons. And they provide a large, clear, plastic, sealable bag, uh, each of which is labeled with your respective name.
4: Are all of those things modular for me? Um,
1: I mean, like built-in I mean, wireless comms, but Yeah. So a right. lot of the weapons are also modular, like can be turned over. I think like you've got like worrying saws and stuff that are integrated, but we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> saws. I will um, turn over my
2: stuff thinking how convenient it is that we can't see their faces and therefore won't have to feel at all bad about beating them up. If that happens.
1: <laughs> um, if if you want to um, conceal something, let me know like, cause that that's totally
3: valid. Uh, uh yeah, who has the thingy thing that we're supposed to put in that terminal? I think it's you, do, man. Oh, do I? Okay, yeah. If I got yeah, it, they'll... then yeah, I'll totally try to cheek it somewhere, cheek it and conceal it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, cool.
1: So they they do a manual scan of each of you, like probably looking for weapons or, or things like that, and they also do a pat down uh, to see if you have any weapons hidden on you. Uh, for the androids. The scanning procedure uh, is a bit more intense, uh, but the the pat down is less intense. Um, I have a question. Uh, integra- <laughs> okay,
0: okay, sure. Shoot. One uh, Amu wouldn't necessarily consider either of their weapons to be weapons, as they are also medical tools mm. and would have to be asked specifically.
1: They want you tools. Okay. <gasps> If you don't turn it over, they'll point to that and be like, please turn that over. Okay. Secondly, uh, Amu is a biological weapon at this point? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's fair. That's they don't fair. Have to know that. They do seem to be, uh, you know, more concerned with what you're bringing on you as opposed to yourself. So far, anyway. Okay. For the androids, though, they do uh, have a couple of little, for for your integrated weapons, uh, Quentin, I think you're the only one with integrated weapons. Um, they apply a, a sealant to the related system <gasps> that makes it nigh impossible for you to deploy it uh, temporarily.
4: Yeah. Oh, that's so rude.
1: Uh, Skritic, could you
3: give me a sleight of hand check? Oh, man, roll hybrid. <laughs> we'll see. Ooh, a 30. That's a low roll. I think, uh, no, at 11, that's decent. So total 30, 30. Nice. Um, and
1: yeah, your, your cheek pouch. they know to search it, but they aren't Yosoki. Um, so like they ask you to open your mouth and they like kind of pat down your cheeks, but they don't really understand how they work. Um, so assuming you're cheeking it, you cheek it really, really
3: well. Um, <laughs> And yeah, uh, I do some weird mouth acrobatics, like <laughs> twirling it under my tongue and around and no around to the other cheek. And...
2: This is the dirtiest light of hand check to ever exist.
1: Bob and Quentin, uh, they also go to the, the, they're being very, um, I guess, upfront about this. They're not doing it in secret or anything, but they go to apply a small bolt near your head. Um, that they say will shut down your uh, remote network access. Oh uh,
4: no, no, no. No. Um,
0: no, no, no,
1: no, 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 no! It Bob, is. Bob starts
0: mandatory. Acting. Yeah, Bob starts acting drunk again. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because remember, whenever he has this, when he's not connected to the to the Wi-Fi, wireless, yes, he's very right. All
4: right. Well, I mean, I'm going to have to try and fake it. There's got to be something I can do because that is that is that is one step beyond. That is that is no.
1: Disconnected from the internet.
4: Yeah, that's just no.
1: I mean, the infosphere. We're, excuse me.
4: We are we are no, We're not doing that. So what do I got to roll?
1: What Am are you I trying bluffing? to do?
4: I'm trying to I mean, go. Oh, I am blocked from the internet. Well, not blocking from the internet.
1: Well, they're applying a restraining...
4: Well, I'm going to make them apply it wrong. You
1: can try to stop them if you want, but like you have to tell me how you're trying to... Like, if you're trying to make that not work in some way, let me know. But if it gets applied, presumably yes. it will function.
0: <laughs> do, do, do your, you do your winky emoji like you're letting them know that, yeah, I'm still on your side. Remember the upgrade? Twink, twink.
4: Twink tweakety. Tweety, all hail! Oh no, wait—that was in my brain. Um, <laughs> okay, here's we what have I have.
3: Number of different they're, appla- they're applying the bolt. Receivers.
4: Yeah, they're applying the bolt to Quentin's internal uh, Wi-Fi receiver, which, by the way, is publicly accessible. It's called Pretty Fly for a Wi-Fi. But if it weren't there, if I shifted it. And instead, they plug the bolt into, say, all of my memories of Barry Manilow.
1: Um, yeah, you can try to make a quick ch- computers check to see if you can basically stop this thing from having the effect that they think it will have.
4: But I suck at computers.
1: Mm, it's oh. definitely a computers check, I'd say. Uh,
4: I don't know Well, if I'm shape-shifting. <laughs> Maybe I'm, I'm like bluffing as to which body part. Oh yeah, the Wi-Fi is right here behind my left ear.
1: They seem to. You you can try to lie about where to put it to them, but they seem to know exactly. They seem to be familiar with your model, and we're about to put it in exactly the right place. <laughs> so you can try to convince them that they're wrong, but that might be no. After battle. the
4: third time the GM tells you it's futile, you just I I just roll with it. Okay.
5: I'm going mean, to be super, super it snippy. Comes from a role that you're not very good at,
4: right? No, that too. But I'm going to be super snippy about it.
1: Yeah, I, I anticipated that. That's okay. Hey. Um <laughs> you. When you uh, when you test it out, it does appear to shut down your remote uh, network access.
4: Man, who's going to update my fanfic?
1: Um. You update your own fanfic? I like that. Uh, Oh, you mean the fanfic you're writing about others? I suppose that can be.
0: Oh, no. No, It probably is is him writing about himself. (laughs) No, no, no. Other people write it. I just edit it. All right.
1: Uh, For each of you, uh, they go to apply a small band. Um, For most of you, it would be a wristband uh but it can technically be applied anywhere so regardless of your your individual biology like for Quentin it could just be slapped onto any area of the the sphere
4: would you like to tell him where he can put it rob <laughs>
1: rob yes amu would be
2: just polite. right up in the cloaca <laughs> <laughs>
1: um so does anyone object or um Otherwise, okay, so they apply these bands, and uh, they quickly dissolve into your skin or surface, um, leaving a discolored area where it was, in most cases, a bright green. They also then calmly, the, the security personnel. Any,
5: uh, do I have any idea what this is? Um,
1: yeah, you can tell it's magical. I'll stare at it for a while. While uh, Hecubino is staring at the bands trying to determine what they do, um, the security personnel will uh, calmly but firmly ask for those of you wearing uh, footwear to remove them, and those will also go in the bags. They then provide appropriately sized white fluffy slippers that are quite comfy and fit well and never come loose even a little bit. Uh, for Hecubino, I see your result there, and that's good enough for you to tell, to see that these are probably temporary keys that will allow you to ward if alarms, um, judging by how it's like you can kind of tell that this is a temporary uh, magical effect, and it might probably will even be dismissed from you when you leave. It's possible it also is doubling as like a tracker that wouldn't be impossible for it to do. Sure. And you see like a touch of divination magic in there, which is unusual i'll
5: uh I'll gesture to the others that it's that they're okay.
2: he's too distracted by how comfy the slippers are <laughs> <laughs> it's like springing around in them
1: they also ask that have them uh for your hands, and then they run a special scanner on them that gives you an instant manicure and removes all your dead skin and hair from your hands or claws or scales, whatever is appropriate. Um, Your fingertips feel tingly and you note that you don't have any for the moment, like they've been temporarily removed Uh, and Amu, they don't do anything to you, uh, but you can uh, glance at others and know that that is again, likely a temporary effect. Finally, the security personnel say, one of them says, all right, let's go over some ground rules. First, Do not touch the Archon unless he touches you first. Do not attempt to harm the Archon in any way. Do not take anything. Do not leave anything behind. Do not record anything. We are capable of finding those recordings and removing them from you. Do not interfere with any of the computers or devices within the Archon's quarters. Do not touch anything in the collection. We require verbal confirmation that you understand and will abide by these rules.
0: Yeah, you guys are so yeah. cool. These are, yeah, sure.
1: They seem to wait for each of you in turn to to verbally confirm. We understand.
0: Uh, un- understood.
1: Cool. Uh, Quentin and Hecubino, I didn't catch if you guys confirm. Yes, I confirm.
4: In the coldest... And most impersonally, hateful voice Quentin can generate. He simply requi- replies affirmative.
1: Uh, you can't tell if you've hurt their feelings or not because they're just shiny gold visors to you—not really people.
4: Well, that affirmative it... actually has a hidden message of "you vomitous
1: pile of excrement." Hmm. Mm. If only they knew. Don't take away my internet.
4: Don't take away my internet. How dare
1: you? If only their sense motive was any good. All right. And then uh, they open a door for you, and you're entering Archon Eon Soljet's private quarters. So the overall design aesthetic of this place is ultra-modern, almost to the point of being minimalist, but there are enough casual extravagances kind of littered throughout, uh, to prevent that label from really making sense. Uh, the floor is a dark gray material, uh, sharing some qualities of both marble and glass. And it's simply with footsteps, um, with, uh, your slippers are basically completely inaudible, but you can tell that like if you were wearing shoes or boots, they'd make like a hard clacking sound against it. Uh, the high ceiling is a similar material, but it's in bright white instead, and it somehow provides an appropriate level of illumination, um, though it's hard to say where exactly the light comes from as it is diffuse and ambient. The walls of the place are that are seamlessly embedded in the stone. Uh, The golden lines form signs and sigils, though it's hard to see the full meaning from them looking at a single character on a wall. Though, Hecubino, uh, you can tell without even looking that magic permeates those runes, and you can feel it all around you, actually, like like the pressure has changed slightly, and you need to kind of clear your magical inner ear. Every surface is immaculately clean. Uh, There is a hint of fragrance in the air, Um, frankincense hitting you first, blending into sandalwood. And then finally, a hint of jet fuel. And while you cannot spot a single camera or microphone, you are all very confident that you're being continuously monitored. And then approaching you now uh, in the entrance is Arkhan Ian Soljet. Uh, in a white and gold robe, um, a few steps behind him looms his assistant, the eight-foot-tall android, I say in quotes, uh, Aurea, huh? uh, still with his shiny black dermis with gold accents, six arms, and a mere six hollow screens, uh hovering near him. Welcome, welcome, one and all, Team Liz brain. I am very glad to have you here in my inner sanctum come in let me let me show you around i, I don't get many visitors which is a, a shame because I'm, I'm quite proud of this my little slice of heaven here on absalom station yeah it's a beautiful place you yeah, the thanks for having us oh thank you very much bob i appreciate that yeah sorry for calling you guys in on the last minute uh something opened up on my schedule take the opportunities you can right Um, So he starts guiding you kind of deeper into the quarters um, and uh, Aria hangs back, uh, always staying a few steps behind the furthest uh, one behind in your group. So Aria moves to be basically behind you, um, not allowing anyone to loiter uh, for too long. You quickly realize as you proceed that there are no doors to any of the rooms in this place. But when you look behind you, the walls have sealed together, preventing easy access to prior rooms or escape. Great. So your flight was your
2: flight was good? Smooth sailing.
1: Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Oh, all right. Let, let me let me show you this first. This is my collection. The first room that he takes you in is a cross between a museum and a hangar bay. Uh, The largest objects in the room are a pair of starships. One is a a one per model, roughly the size of the squeaky clean. And uh, certainly Hecubino and Vangie, probably Quentin, uh, all recognize it immediately. Um, There are pedestals, uh, of varying sizes spread out throughout the room, each with a little domed force field on top of it. Each pedestal holds an item, held up for viewing from all angles. Uh, The items range from jerseys to very old Infosphere comm devices. Um, And Souljet quickly takes you to uh, the the fighter ship and gestures broadly with one arm. Uh, The fighter is painted bright scarlet, with a sharp pointed nose and strange curved edges at the tips of its wings. He says this this is the Marlin. It was the height of cool twenty years ago. A fighter style starship, two integrated pulse cannons, turret chain gun. But it wasn't the arsenal. It was the maneuverability. I watched this sucker twist and turn, evading impossibly. Based on an anime show, if you believe it, you can see the designers wanted to evoke the same style with the angular lines. You,
2: you said that Hecubino and I recognized it?
1: Ah, uh, you recognize the next one, oh. uh, which uh, the, the Explorer class one, the sl- the larger one. Uh, so this one is about the same size as the Squeaky Clean, same or similar m- overall frame model. Um Though, obviously, the the manufacturer and exact make and all of that are different. Uh, so this ship is in faded blue, yellow, and red with neon hot pink accents. Uh, it's clean battered the specific condition that it was last flown in as opposed to being repaired. Uh, I, knew, I knew you'd uh, want to jump to this one right away. It's the best piece of my collection. Team Renegade's first ship. The outlaw. They jettisoned the first reactor core after passing too close to the Feywild portal. It was a pretty good fanfic write-up of the fictional season they spent drifting through the Feywild, too. <laughs> yeah, and as for the rest of this, well, I, I guess you could say I'm a hobbyist by nature. but anywhere, at any price. I've developed alternative acquisition strategies, like... Purchasing storage facility companies during a recession. Their terms on many of those allow for seizure of the stored assets for mispayments. Or medical debt. That's another good industry for acquisition because it's a privileged form of debt. So you're ranked higher when asset forfeiture is invoked. Normally, that's all auctioned and settled to the company as cash. But I include clauses to let me have access to the items involved. And of course, if someone won't sell and they're not in financial distress... Well, that's when my specialists come in, and they can be quite persuasive as well, as I'm sure you all know by now let's uh move along shall we
2: <laughs> what like i mean when he says as sure you all know by now like what what is his facial expression when he says that?
1: oh, he seems to be in good spirits he he has a slight grin um he he kind of gives like a knowing uh Elbow shrug thing to to Hecubino when he says that? Maybe a little smug. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean do you think he sounds smug? <laughs> what? Yeah,
5: Hecubino is like, ha, ha, ha yeah. But he'll like as they leave he'll just like his eyes will linger on the on the ship where they like go out that way or whatever
1: yeah so he starts walking you guys out of the uh the collection hall, not even bothering to show you through most of his uh his collectibles but um as he starts guiding you into a different room uh he kind of turns to you for a moment and says, "Well, now, you're probably asking here, and the reason is I can tell you're wavering Something isn't sitting quite right yet in those innocent hearts and valves for you. And I want to talk to you and convince you you're on the right path. My assistant, Aurea, prefers legal bindings. Says they're more enforceable and concrete and actionable. I prefer incentive structures. I want you to want to be on my side. On Team Abadar, as it were. So my bringing you here is to make my sales pitch to you, okay? A good faith outreach. I think we'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh. I'm glad to hear that, Vangie. I really am. And, uh, well, you'll have to bear with me. Right this way. This is the kitchen. And uh, Souljet's kitchen is a combination of a well-stocked office kitchen and a rich bachelor pad supply depot. Uh, There are two walls running in parallel, um, making the kitchen kind of a hallway of sorts. And everything's in white, all the cabinets and all of that. There's people to walk abreast comfortably, though it's clearly designed for basically one person. There's a drink refrigerator with a transparent force field as its door that holds ultra-premium bottled water Uh, from, uh, you know, a non-packed world's planet um, that's been shipped in. Uh, A meal substitute drink called Fuel, uh, designed by a famous android engineer. And um, a violently caffeinated energy drink. Uh, The Archon passes his hand through the force field effortlessly. And uh, just a hint of cool, crisp air wafts out. Uh, as, as he pulls an energy drink out and cracks the can with the same hand he grabbed it with in a practiced motion uh, and takes a, a sip. As he does so, little holograms or, or maybe illusions, you're not sure, uh, emit from the lower half of his robes, uh, dropping a few golden coins inscribed with aflor, which makes a distinct clinking sound before they fade out of existence. Oh, yeah, Um, to explain that, uh, I assign a cost to every action I take. I want to know all the trade-offs. Even talking to you, doing this tour has a cost, as I incorporate opportunity costs of what I know I could be making with my time otherwise. Still, I've learned I need to indulge myself a bit from time to time to stay in peak mental shape. Work-life balance is very important Uh, from this point on, as you follow him, you notice the occasional clinking and holographic credits tumbling into the ether from his robes. So that that's why you don't host people that often? Oh, no, I just find most people aren't worth hosting. <laughs> uh, flattering, I think.
5: I think so, too. uh, or Hecubino t- will, when, you know, when we lean into the fridge, Hecubino will, like, uh, put a hand on Bangy. And uh, men say, see, being at the top doesn't set you free. You're actually still a slave to it.
1: bangy nods. There's a machine that in the kitchen that's kind of like a soda mixer, where, you know, one of those ones where multiple flavor. Uh, but instead of the giant cup for soda, the machine automatically places a small disposable bucket in the loading tray. It whirs gently and a torrent of spiral shaped neon orange snack puffs start filling the bucket uh, with the machine stopping before it's too full. Uh, this <laughs> is neat. It knows exactly what you want. It analyzes your body temperature, date expression, looks you up on the infosphere, buys your data from the void vendors, whatever it needs to do to figure out what kind of its inventory. And magically that all has to be stored elsewhere. And he takes the little snack tray and pops one into his mouth. Do any of you want a snack
5: yeah i'll take a I'll take a transgressive snack
1: yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> um they it, it the machine's pretty good it's like ooh i could oh yeah like you know it gets a um a spiced meat stick uh that's uh it, it's like one of those chain food spice like your guilty pleasure vangi you're like actually these are great
2: nice snap into a soul jet
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um if anybody wants anything it provides something cool um it, the the ones that he's having you know are also off market they were they, they that, that flavor was only produced for like six months uh 19 years ago
2: makes it taste even better the exclusivity
1: and then, right a the bar. It forms a half circle in front of you, with either end uh, meeting the walls. Uh, the bar back has dozens of rare spirits and vintages, cases of bizarre herbs, and row after row of colorful bottled potions. Some fizzing and bubbly, others thick and viscous, uh, and they're all in every possible color combination. Uh, there's no bartender. It's fully automated. Uh, and Souljet Gestures train on some of the best mixologist neural patterns once they were uh, uh, retrieved. Beyond drinks, there's elixirs here for curing diseases, poisons, curses, hangovers, anxiety, heartbreak, existential dread.
0: Uh, Yes, please. Oh, Yeah. yeah. All of that. (laughs)
3: <laughs>
1: uh, have at, and he he. The, if you pull up um, the uh, uh, automated bar, will just start serving you potion after potion. And some of these,
0: Therapy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, some of these are just fun, like uh, the ones that change your hair color or what your bowel movements smell and look like, personality Ooh. traits when you're having a party, those kinds of things. Oh, and speaking of personal care, there's like a little being white, the shape of a large egg, uh, resting on the floor. Uh, it has two openings, basically an ingress and an egress, and it's the right size for a human to stand upright with their arms and legs extended at their sides within it. Uh, Soljet uh, tosses, he takes off his robe, um, and tosses it on a nearby tray, uh, and is wearing a simple white linen shirt and. Linen pants uh, under it. Uh, the tray whizzes away, disposing of the robe somewhere. Um, he enters the, um, lifts his arms above his head and out to each side. His legs move similarly. So he's kind of in that um, uh, Da Vinci Vitruvian man sketch pose. <laughs> uh, you can see from just the angles from where you guys are uh, that the inside of the egg pod is mostly mirrors. So Souljack can see his entire body all at once. Um, and red lasers from some of the uh, other areas, uh, start assessing him and physically sculpting his body. Uh, the damage that they deal somehow healed nearly any defects like stray hairs, skin imperfections, an extra pound or two at his side, uh, leaving him, uh, chiseled and fresh. Uh, a little dusting running. of make. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, he doesn't. He doesn't want that. That messes with his uh, yeah. eight pack. A uh, a dusting of makeup is applied by spindly robotic arms. Um, his hair is adjusted and set. Uh, a light application of cologne is spritzed near him as he walks out the other side. Uh, there's a small wardrobe on the far side and Soljet grabs a new robe from within it uh the wardrobe then retreats to a wall where it melds uh into the wall and disappears and soljet says yeah everybody has physical needs and this is probably the most efficient way i've found to handle them all at once anyone want to give it a try he grins with the clear assumption that none of you will
2: it's not wrong amu (laughs) a.
1: amu what Amu uh, takes a step forward. (laughs) Okay.
4: Resculpt
1: how? (laughs) That's an interesting question. I I admit I'm not a a tech guy, so I I don't know all the details. I'm sure Aria can provide them if you wish. He gestures to to his assistant. It's analyzes your genetic sequences finds any flaws it scans your body for asymmetries in elegant patterns it has access to a vast data store of your peers and members of your species to assess beauty standards. But we are asymmetrical. Um, There are symmetries within things such as spirals. Mm -hmm.
5: Does this thing have a big knob that is set to either body or soul? Because if we can set it to soul, we can probably just kill him right here.
1: Oh yeah, it has it has that on the side. Just oh wait, I should have been
3: yeah. working Sneak on up, my flip it. Yep. Okay. Here's the problem: someone switched it to evil.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to get resculpted, but then
1: I also don't.
4: <laughs>
1: I know, right? This is one of those things like... <laughs> that you're going to stay up at night thinking about. Like, but what would I look like resculpted? <laughs>
4: I mean, a perfect sphere.
1: <laughs> I know you'd be yourself, but even even better.
0: Think about ha, ha, this. Ha, have you, have have you ever let your assistant uh, use that?
1: He welcome to, but he's particular in uh, in his tastes. Have you ever done area? It's like no, sir.
0: Because because the assistants hold in the briefcase, right, with the terminal.
1: Uh, the assistant, uh, is not holding, uh, the briefcase with a terminal or anything like that. The assistant, um, is in this case just got like their, their normal set of, uh, data connections. They appear to have, mm. have wireless, <laughs> um, okay. and, uh, they are, you know, just going through holograms and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, you haven't come across an obvious terminal yet. It's possible that like some of these devices, like even this pod for instance, have terminals within them, but they might be local like you you don't know this for a fact, but it's isolated, like not on a general on the same network as say his work terminal. Okay. All right. You, you you're you're making kind of an educated guess here. Um, this is where you can really feel that lack of remote network access because that is a question that would just be answered for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're still a little suspect of these things that have it's like, yeah, so from the pod he takes you to another this one's like a, a larger room. Um, uh, there's a a an enormous couch in the shape of a crescent. Uh, that faces a wall of black glass, uh, floor to ceiling. And the ceiling's pretty high. And, the the couch is made of like a, well, it has like a light gold fabric, uh, to it. Souljet, uh, splits into two pieces, uh, as he walks at it, allowing him to walk between them. Then it merges back together immediately. Um, and he has a seat on the couch and gestures for all of you two as well. Um, There's room for a dozen people at least on here, uh, though the Archon is sitting comfortably in the middle.
5: You know, take a seat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Check the cushions for illusory coins.
1: (laughs) Surround sound envelops you. It isn't virtual reality, which many of you have tried, uh, but it is immersive if you stare at the screen for longer than a minute or so. Uh, there's a central area that's currently focused on Drifter's coverage on an obscure infosphere channel. Uh, the sides and bottom all have like a dozen smaller screens uh, each. There's no like empty space anywhere on the whole wall. Um, some of these screens are dedicated to news, others to streamers. And when you guys move and sit on the couch, you realize this is not a normal couch. Uh, it adjusts to your presence, dynamically increasing or re- decreasing resistance, firmness, temperature, texture. So each of you has your own custom adjustment um, and it somehow figures out what would be comfortable for you. So Vangi, for instance, it starts with a firm back massage. Oh.
2: <laughs> she's like trying to hate this whole, like she, she's definitely had her guard up and it's just like almost annoyed at like, you know, the, her muscles relaxing.
1: Yeah. Nice. Isn't it? Yeah, we had to go through a few iterations of the Nanate AI for this one. Uh, too many of them want to be something other than a couch. <laughs>
2: Oh they're good at their
1: job and he uh gestures and um a uh some of the the nanites from the couch form computer um just at his side um and he he kind of gestures at it it's clearly some super advanced uh custom interface that you know was designed for him um And uh, he controls all the various channels and uh, a number of other uh, feeds from it with one hand and one eye. This is where the magic happens. I like to consume as much content as possible. Keeps me in tune with the market, galactic politics, religion and the like. handles the details, of course. I like to focus on the big picture.
0: It, yes and the big picture is
1: oh we'll get there
0: oh okay sorry didn't mean to interrupt this thing sorry problems oh focusing. no
1: no no that's to fine the,
0: to the restraining bolt and has a little <laughs> sad puppy look on his face and in, in case Ian and <laughs> maybe is like oh this poor guy maybe maybe i just need to remove that restraining bolt
2: um i I don't know that he has ever thought this poor guy in his life
0: Uh, (laughs) oh no i'm sure he's
1: thought "Ooh, this poor guy (laughs) so uh you're all on the couch briefly yeah cool sure yeah um so i don't know if this has occurred to anybody and someone would like to make like a bluff check or something like that um but those of you with uh decent computers would recognize that the couch is a terminal.
0: Uh-huh. 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 I uh I kind of make some eyes at uh at are also computers, I I
5: assume that being disconnected like he is, Bob doing that looks an awful lot like Mr. B.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I just have this
4: image of Bob going, Computer couch. <clears throat>
0: <laughs> Amu knows just enough about lying to know not to try.
3: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I think I'm going to be getting on the couch and. Oh yeah. Really making a show of enjoying it and oh yeah. (laughs) This is amazing. (laughs) And just kinda writhe in pleasure and (laughs) in that, you know, try to sneak out the little diode thing and lose it in between the cushions. Perhaps in some kind of jack if at all possible.
1: Uh Yeah, so uh, that sounds like a skill check of some sort. I sounds primarily <laughs> like a sleight of hand check to me. What do you think? I would go with sleight of hand. Yes, I like sleight of hand. I mean, you are, it uh, doesn't look like the Archon's paying too much attention to you individually, um, but Aurea is also there, and, and you know, who knows what else is watching. <laughs> so go for it. If you want to make a sleight okay. of hand check, you do it.
2: Can I possibly yeah. assist by just being bulky and like kind
0: of sort of blocking him? And I'll do something weird. <laughs>
5: He'll do something weird. Oh, as a distraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, not as a distraction.
1: He'll just do something weird.
5: <laughs> just weird. Just by default,
4: it'll just be
1: weird. Well, uh what what kind of checks do you guys think those would be? Maybe athletics um, to 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 hide. Um, uh yeah, behind yeah. you. Yeah, I thought it take up good. more like, space. As she's,
2: yeah, exactly. Basically like again, looking like she's like just stretching out her muscles to, to get more of that nice relaxing massage.
1: Oh man, she looks like a giant basking lizard. <laughs> <laughs> Does it heat oh. up too? So uh oh yeah for sure. Oh man it heats up. And <laughs> most places are typically too cold for, for their preference, that is uh so oof, yeah that'll certainly help and then uh bob did did you have a uh an idea in mind for what your
0: your distraction would be being very annoying and and you know picking at the fluff on my slippers you know like there's like i see something on the end of it that i can't get off and so i keep waving my hand over the over the fuzzy part of the slipper and it's like everybody's like what is this guy doing (laughs) kind of thing like why is this guy being very Uh, being very strange.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I'd say that's a uh, bluff check.
0: Yeah, which one of my worst ones, but uh, 17.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Good roll of die. Still good enough. Uh, The two of you, uh, you get uh, uh, two extra assists, which raises uh, your number there by four, um, which...
3: Would make it a nice round 30. Yeah, and that One is. Seven this time. Barely, barely
1: <laughs> better than Aria's uh, passive.
0: <sighs> oh. <laughs> Yay, I'm helping. <laughs>
1: Yay. It was a good idea that you guys chose to assist. I mean, that wasn't a terrible role for Skritic, but, um, you know being a few points higher definitely helped uh so um you 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 uh get the the drive down and you're hoping that you're like get in the couch like it doesn't have cushions it's all just one thing um and for a moment you're you're worried that it's like not basically just going to reject it like like um I don't know. It just won't allow you to plug it in. Like a
4: DVD drive that won't close.
1: A moment or two of you holding it in place. It, 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 it reaches out kind of into the couch and there's a momentary uh, silver light that you quickly like obscure and like hide with your hand so that no one notices it. Um, And then the drive sinks into the couch and it, um, uh, is, again, silver discolored there for a moment, and then goes that same light gold color uh, of the surrounding nanites, and it seems I, to be in. I can't
4: believe that this couch has silver light support.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, he has all kinds of rare antiquities, so... <laughs> I
1: guess. Enough relaxing. Let's, uh, let me show you something. Something I think they'll... Uh, get a kick out of and he takes you around uh, and he walks you into a tunnel uh which is a strange room but it's kind of like a hallway but it's got a much lower ceiling uh than the other rooms uh the ceiling curves into the walls um which are all made of that black gra- glass like a, a screen um when you're all in the tunnel at a gesture from SoulJet, the entire thing lights up. A uh, thousand screens all turning on at once, and you're surrounded from everywhere. One part of the wall is dedicated to awards plaques and custom limited edition digital art that was released after their vi- victories. You see all the movies, like posters and running clips and videos, the spinoff shows, the branding tie-ins merchandise, so much merchandise, social media videos, endorsements, behind the scenes footage of Win Weasel getting his makeup done and flipping the camera off with a grin, the team with other A-list celebrities, all their custom gear and off-market improvements they've had installed on their ship, the team on visiting, you know, exotic and beautiful planets, having adventures, yeah, not bad, right? Uh, yeah, they've done okay. They've done okay. But I think we could build something better. And Soljet waves his hand. All the images disappear, leaving the tunnel in darkness for a moment. And then a new slate of pictures and videos start bursting onto the screen, one by one. And they are all... Team Lizard Brain. More images from the screens uh, or or projections as holograms um, start popping up, each corresponding to what Souljet is talking about at the time. So, first off, you all get renewed on Drifters. The heel turn coming up. Let's do a double reverse. Faces again. That only went heel because of how bad Team Electrum got. Then we do, I don't know, three seasons. Backstory interviews, pathos, promotions, new markets primed for fan base growth. And that's just at the team level. Let's talk about each of you individually. Amu, for you, we're thinking a social travel show. Amu makes friends. Family-friendly, upbeat. You travel the galaxy meeting interesting people, talking to them about their lives. Plus, you have an ever-growing menagerie of your companions with your travels. Tie-ins to big pet manufacturers and breeders, travel sites, you name it. Amu just kind of nods along. Not sure how to respond to this. Skritic, you could host a... Sur- Vival Show, be the gruff, no-nonsense guide who le- leaves people in the middle of nowhere on remote planets of your choice with some limited set of tools or instructions or some such. You could set up the scenarios like challenges or relationship subplots, all at your discretion. Marketing is thinking a cigar might fit your image, by the way. <laughs> Aria, send uh, Skritic here a box of Castravellian Mithril Finest, best in the pack system.
3: I'll give it a try, I guess. Never been much now, of a smoker.
1: Oh well, the uh, the pod can fix all the damage that happens to your lungs too, so don't worry about that.
3: Oh, well,
1: yes, <laughs> there is that. Now, Bob, I know how important Android Justice is to you. So, how about a foundation it helps Android? It's pay off till construction and starting software loans. You could go on a speaking tour, write a book about your experiences with that. We have a stable of ghostwriters. Don't worry about that. Uh,
0: Yeah, yeah. foundation. I've never had a foundation.
1: Well, I've got several. They're great. You can become an inspiration for the next generation of androids. And Quentin, speaking of androids, I think you're due for a promotion. Executive producer with a focus on content creation. There's always an appetite for more content. Starting operational budget is nine figures. We can fast creative control. Unlimited resources at your disposal. And last but not least, at Community and Bank, team captains. I want you two as scouts... I want you involved in finding the new stars of the Drifter's Galaxy. You'll have dedicated teams to scour the social sites, streams, and feeds. Analytics teams that can find whatever demographic you're looking for. Recruiters and fixers to make contact, clear up any issues. You can pay your good fortune forward. Lift them from poverty and obscurity. Take them under your wing. And those are just a handful of ideas we came up with. Whatever your pet project is, however you want to be, I can make that happen for you. Legal trouble for you, your friends, your family, that's impossible when you're with us. The best medicine, vacations, homes, credits can buy. And they can buy a lot. Now that's a legacy to be proud of, don't you think? He snaps his fingers and the tunnel goes black again. Only the Archon's faint radiance of the the falling credits illuminating the area around you. Or you can be hasbens. Eh, not even hasbens, truly. Rain was a hasben. More like a never was. And the price of this transaction? It's not do what I say, go where I say, when I say it. No questions asked, no complaints, no conditions, no exceptions, no matter what I tell you to do. That's all. This way, folks. We're near the end now. Follow. Yeah. I hmm.
2: imagine we are. Is a
1: large half oval that forms a viewing platform as the far curved wall is evidently the outer wall of this port part of Absalon station. You can tell that because the wall is entirely transparent. Uh, It's not clear to you what the wall is made of to even allow for such an effect. And you know, it's not a force field that wouldn't be stable. Um, You know, this isn't common around the station because you'd be able to see it presumably from, from elsewhere. Uh, But your eyes just beyond the wall. Uh, the platform is certainly large enough to hold all of you, and then all, many, many more. Um, and as you all walk further out into it, you see that it must be—you must be on some sort of ring, or as the platform basically forms like an outer lip of the station. So both the ceiling and floor disappear at some point, making it seem like you're suspended entirely in space, walking on an invisible platform surrounded by nothing maybe you realize this already but this view is something special we're in the heart of Packworld space not to mention the galaxy's busiest spaceport there are thousands of ships coming and going from absalom station every day a view like this unimpeded is tricky to arrange and even i only have it for a few hours a day I use it to commune with Abadar. I will let you see something very, very few ever do. I hope you appreciate it. The Archon stands still for a moment, his head bowed as he murmurs to himself softly. Slowly, a golden nimbus starts emanating from him, and he raises his arms inch by inch until they stretch outward like Souljit is trying to wrap his arms around the vast expanse of space. His eyes are now solid gold and glowing brightly. His, he opens his mouth and instead of teeth and a tongue, you see a brilliant golden light emit from his mouth. The light starts pouring off of him from his fingertips, his eyes, his mouth, even wisps from his clothing, all pouring out into space. The light never appears to cross a barrier, but the glowing cloud of curling ephemeral lines reach out towards the stars, expanding in a lattice. The gold mist hints at form, but lets the stars form all the key anchor points. Looks like a very large man sitting in a huge chair, maybe a throne, maybe a recliner. The mist starts to fill out the figure, adding details like bulging veins, long fingernails and hair, wide eyes that are always open, extra layers of muscle and fat, robes hanging loosely from the arms and tight across the chest and belly, strange tubes connecting the enormous figure to his seat, running into his arteries and his arms, legs, and neck, connecting to his temple and gut, The gold light forms infinitesimal, but somehow still distinct, motes. Like you can see every cell of his body, every molecule that comprises the chair and the tubes. Every one of those little dots of light is a person, and their movement shows their economic activity. And sure enough, you can see they're not stationary. The motes flow throughout the figure. The soldier picks a point that is breaking away from a small cluster it was near, and falling some distance from the belly down towards the legs and the bottom of the chair. His focus momentor- momentarily out of the figure, or maybe like zooming in somehow so you can see the details. The light moat is dimming in radiance as it drops, shedding parts of its light which are all absorbed by the other motes within the ecosystem. As he pulls the mote into view, a list of expenditures pop up near him, like a holoscreen, but it's certainly not one. Spending on children's hospital, trauma therapy, intoxicants, The story of a family unraveling, all there in such painstaking detail, it would make an accountant blush. Oh, uh, Aurea, uh, increase our allocation and rehabilitation centers. We already have a substantial intoxicant business, but get them coming and going, I always say. The Archon releases the moat, and it drifts back into place, shrinking down to its tiny, original form. Isn't he
5: glorious? What does his face look like? Like expression
1: wise. Um, his eyes are held wide. His is like hanging loosely. It looks like he can see anything or maybe he's seeing everything all at once. Um, he looks neither happy nor sad nor angry. um, He looks almost held in place, mouth hanging limply. Now, Souljet actually seems transfixed.
5: Right. Forgive Uh, me,
1: y'all. I'm going to talk at you for a spell. In the first, there's a rich boy. Born on the fourth rank in Pyramid Ball, as they say. Fed by a silver spoon, best education credits could buy, tutors, trainers, tailors, the work. Not in the picture. He could do anything he wanted, but no one expected anything from him. He gained an ability to see the price of everything in a glance, and to see it in the eyes of other people, too. What they wanted out of him, how they could profit off of him not knowing what to do with his life. In a fit of desperation, he scoured the infosphere. He had the best links available at the time. And he found these fan sites for show drifters. Team breakdowns, archetype discussions, optimization threads, speculation on who was going to win, fan art, fan fiction. He dived in. Learned how to build his own thruster engines from a retired engineer from the show. Raced a little, just to show he could. But what he really did was take his fortune and turn it into something else entirely. The second story. There's a boy who grew up dirt poor. His family, such as it was, Scraped and scrabbled and clawed their way through life, squandering their opportunities due to defects of character and will. Boy was alone a lot, but the one thing they always found the credits for was the infotainment networks. The infosphere was a little different back then. Shows were the most popular things. And he watched them. But there was one he truly loved. Drifters. The pilots and science officers and the engineers and the antics. The planets and the traps and the explosions. It was all so different, so far away. A different life. So he made himself a promise that someday he'd be there. At the racetracks or behind the controls or something. It didn't matter. But he'd be somebody important. He scraped and scrabbled and clawed, but he didn't miss his opportunities, didn't waste his time, or let anything get in his way, straight to the top. Now, do you think either of those stories are true? Does it matter if either of them are true? They wind up in the same place regardless. And with that, the right eye of the golden avatar behemoth glimmers in a way that you instantly know means it's Archon Eon Souljet. Mm. I'll make a confession to you. I don't pray to Abadar. Maybe that makes me a bad priest. I don't know. But God isn't the right word for what he is. A god is some ancient primordial creature, or worse, just an upjump mortal infused with the power of the faith of its worshipers. He is beyond that. He is an emergent property of intelligent life, of civilization. Like evolution, he works in the background, whether you believe in him or not. What I'm showing you is more than divinity. It's the truth. It's how the galaxy works. That's far more powerful than a mere god.
2: He looks sick.
1: He's big. That's all. Big things can look healthy.
2: just nods at that.
1: You don't understand what you're seeing.
4: I think we understand all too well.
1: Whatever sickness he has, he'll fix. That's what all the little motes will do. Why Why
2: do you think that? Why won't he just get sicker?
1: He's only grown over time. He's more powerful now than he's ever been.
2: And you're helping him?
1: I see how the galaxy works, and I, in certain ways... I don't think I'm better than somebody else. I just think I see more clearly than they do. All right, I admit I think I'm better than them. But you will too. You'll be the best versions of yourself. That's my pitch. You get to stay yourself, just be your best selves. and what you do, who you associate with, where you go, all that. But deep, deep down, you'll still be you, only better. Don't shrink from the truth of the world. Embrace it and let it shape you. Think about it. This is a serious decision. I expect your performance at the championship round will be your answer. I have faith you'll make the right decision. Aria, will see you out. I'll leave.
2: Mm
5: -hmm.
4: Yeah. Yeah. As quickly as possible.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You exit the way you came in and the security personnel give you back your bags, weapons, devices. They remove the... the, uh, Network access control bolt, uh, bolt. Um, They any sealants or stuff they apply, like a little bands, have already started to fade. Um, they say that those will just fade automatically. Uh, but you're welcome to keep the slippers. I
4: hey. uh, don't have feet.
1: <laughs> well, those of you that got slippers are welcome to keep them. <laughs> you can, you can, uh, s- can sit on mine. <laughs> Uh, As you walk back out onto the streets of Absalom Station, even if you don't want to, you can't help but see the golden Leviathan that is Abadar whenever you close your eyes and you hear the faint sound of clinking coins and falling credits all around you. And that
0: is where we'll end things. Ooh, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us this week. Hopefully you got a little something out of that. Maybe some insight, maybe some for reflection. Who knows? Uh, you can write to us, podcast at majorspoilers.com. Let us know what it means to you. Until next time, here's hoping all of your dice rolls are critical hits. This
2: podcast is copyright 2022 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.
0: Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands.